Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Last week, nine of the ten books on the New York Times bestseller list were about race or racism. That's a sign of just how seriously Americans seem to be grappling with these issues these days. And local booksellers report seeing a similar wave of interest. So do public libraries. So what should you be reading if you want to learn more about racism or race? Well, our two guests today are going to have a lot of great suggestions. And the first is Danielle King. She isn't just a bookseller at Left Bank Books. She's also a Ph.D. student in political science at the University of Missouri-St. Louis, and so she's studied some of these issues. Danielle, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. It's lovely to be here. And we're also joined today by Jeffrey Blair. He and his wife, Pamela, are the co-owners and founders of I See Me African American Children's Bookstore in University City. And for the record, they do not just carry children's books there. So, Jeffrey Blair, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Jeffrey, you've specialized in these titles since your founding in 2015. Have you seen increased interest in the past few weeks? Absolutely, yes. Um, As you said, you know, when we started in 2015, our focus was really to fill that gap, uh, especially in children's literature, so that all children can see themselves in the books that they read. And additionally, you know, giving resources to, to parents and to schools um, and to ensure that they diversify and, and include um, books of children of color and, and um, of African-American history in their collections. So that's always been a thing that we've been focused on. And so now after the untimely death of George Floyd, as well as the protests that came after that, we've seen an exponentially increase uh, for desire for these books. Do you find people are looking for specific titles, or are they more coming into the topic and trying to figure out where to go from there? I think both. Uh, I think, you know, especially titles that maybe directly speak to the issue, um, you know, things such as like, you know, um, how to become an anti-racist mm-hmm. or um, policing the black man or, you know, things like that that are specifically, um, uh, explicitly, you know, in the titles um, talk about this topic. We definitely see an increase in that, but just all across the board, anything dealing with race, racism, um, black people, African-American history, we're seeing an increase all across the board. Hmm. Now, Danielle King, Left Bank Books has also been known as a progressive bookstore, that these are some values that, that um, its staff cares about. Have you seen heightened interest in people buying these books? Oh, most certainly. Um, so one of our big things is uh, sort of putting those books out for the curbside pickup. And I would say probably anywhere between 50%, uh, somewhere maybe even a third of the books that I'm putting out or the third of the orders that I'm putting out have some kind of anti-racist or otherwise uh, Black experience-centered um, book, novel, uh, that kind of material is just flying out of our doors, honestly. Wow. And that's been within these last couple weeks that you've really started to oh. notice that? Yes, certainly. I think it also does help that we are a place where a lot of folks have been uh, ordering their Black Lives Matter signs. And so between that, uh, it is almost of a piece. You, you order the sign and then you're like, okay, let me, let me check out how to be an anti-racist by Ibram Kendi and Jason Reynolds. You know what I mean? So, yeah. The, the two go pretty nicely together. Yeah, they do. They do. They do. <laughs> they do. Now, both of your stores are closed to walk-in traffic right now due to the coronavirus. I imagine that presents some complications. Normally, somebody could come in, they could browse, they could talk to a staff member. Um, Jeffrey, is it a little bit harder when so many people are going to have to go through the website as opposed to being able to have that one-on-one recommendation? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. But, you know, interesting enough, uh, two things. You know, we've always had an e-commerce online presence. Um, and so we had that infrastructure in place already. Um, and then the fact that we had the coronavirus shutdown sort of already had us on that online perspective anyway of servicing our customers online. So the phone calls and the emails, being able to assist with, you know, collecting the right books and even structuring the, the website so that it really targets these books and puts them at the top was um, something that kind of set us up so that when the demand came, we kind of were, you know, um, ready, let's say, as ready as one could be. Uh, no one could anticipate it was going to be, you know, that, that, that large of a demand. Um, but, um, you know, I think some things lined up to allow us to be ready, I think, to some degree to, um, you know, receive these orders. Hmm. I understand this surge in interest. This is something that's taking place throughout the nation. Has it been hard to get these books um, to show up in a timely way when everybody in the U.S. seems to be looking for them right now? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, that, that has been, I think, the whole industry, yeah. Mm-hmm. Danielle, has, has that been the case for Left Bank as well? It's not always I was, easy to... I, yeah, no, it's certainly, there. there's been a lot of demand for particular books. It's really nice to sort of see a surge in interest in stuff by Toni Morrison and James Baldwin. Um, like I said, just really centering Black experience in ter- when we talk about the American experience and sort of in ways that let this stuff be a little bit more visible, I think, to people. So certainly nonfiction books. Um, we've seen a lot of witnessing whiteness as well. Um, but these stories of Black experience, I think, are really resonating with folks. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're listening to this conversation, we want to invite you to join us. We're particularly interested if there's a book that has helped change your perspective on race and racism, something that was effective for you in your journey. Call us at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. We also put this question on social media yesterday. We heard from so many listeners who had a lot of thoughts on this. But before we get to that, Danielle, I did want to ask you one thing. And and you mentioned James Baldwin and, and Toni Morrison. Um, some of us are fiction lovers, and we know that we need to read more nonfiction, that it's very important to read these books that are 100% grounded in facts. And yet there's some great fiction books out there by Black authors or that deal with the Black experience. Do you think that can count in this moment as a book that, that deals with race? Or do, should we really stick to something um, that's a nonfiction account of the world? Well, I think one of the things I, I find myself letting people know is there's no such thing as a single Black author that you can read to kind of make you anti-racist. There's simply too many varieties of the Black experience, and those things are expressed across so many different um, narrative forms. You have sort of more modern poetry and mixed media kind of stuff, classic fiction. Uh, There are too many options to really limit yourself and you kind of just come to this knowing that this is kind of a lifelong pursuit. I love fiction myself personally. And since I read so much nonfiction for school and stuff, it is always nice to kind of quote get an escape, but you can get that escape by again, centering black experience. I, I love, we've been putting out a lot of copies of Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. Hmm. Uh, a lot of folks have been picking up my favorite Toni Morrison books, Sula, um, Kindred by Octavia Butler, uh, Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson. There are a lot of different ways to approach your reorientation. And that's what I think this is. This is a lifelong learning process that people are beginning to embark upon. And I think it's important to note there are a lot of ways to sort of accomplish this goal, but you don't ever stop. Hmm. You know what I mean? 
Jeffrey, any thoughts on that question of fiction versus nonfiction at this moment we're in right now? A hundred percent. And, you know, again, not just at this moment, but just continual, almost like make the commitment um, to include um, these types of topics into your reading. And so, you know, one of the things, um, you know, we do a lot of work with their schools. We do a lot of different book fairs. And a lot of times when we set up our, our books, when people see black books, the first thing they think about are civil rights and social problems. And that's, and that's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's not the only dimension that mm-hmm. black people um, deal in or you should have a perspective on. So, yes, we need, to, we need to talk about civil rights. Yes, we need to focus head on and not sidestep racism and oppression of black people and the history of it um, in this country. But if you really want to get a good sense about black people and the black experience, you have to also get exposed to different facets, as, as Daniel had said, whether it's um, seeing blacks in sci-fi, like in Black Panther, that came out, and those books started to go off the shelf, whether it's blacks in, in, um, in, in, in NASA with um, hidden figures and saw how black women mm-hmm. were um, part of the space program, mm-hmm. um, whether it's in, you know, all, all the way through, whether it's in education or and, any, and a lot of different facets, you want to just make sure that you really uh, include a, a good perspective of African-American um, contributions, African-American stories um, into your reading selection. So, example, there's one of my favorite that uh, came out um, last year was um, Tristan Strong Punches the Hole in the Sky, right, by Kwame Mabalia. And he, it, it's a fiction story, it's, um, you know, and it's about a young boy who sort of weaves in um, African folklore with uh, more modern folklore in his adventures. Um, you know, there's, um, you know, Ghost Boys um, by uh, Joel Parker Rhodes, uh, which speaks about you know, a, a young black boy who gets killed and his ghost has to see the ramifications of his family, his community that goes through these issues. But also, he also gets to connect and speak with Emmett Till, um, who uh, had, uh, you know, a, a terrible situation take place where he was lynched, you know, um, back in the 19, 1950s. So it's, it's, you know, a lot of different stories that are out there that are fiction, but also can uh, allow you to, you know, approach some of these topics and look at it from different perspectives as well. So I think it's real important that um, it don't just focus on um, the fiction, but also include the nonfiction. And uh, Jeffrey, it's, it's interesting to hear you say that we also shouldn't just focus on books about racism. As important as those are, we need to be looking at books that can sort of give the totality of the African-American experience. Absolutely. You're not going to find it in one book, you know? So, and like, uh, you know, we, we definitely have to make sure that there's that commitment to kind of explore and look in this all different perspectives and, and facets, you know, um, um, you know, that, um, that you can look at, you know, mm-hmm. depend, depending on your interest. So um, I think, you know, again, I'm glad for the spike of interest. I'm glad that, you know, it shows that people really want to educate themselves. And so um, I'm hopeful that people continue down that path and continue to expand um, um, their selection and their understanding about um, about um, African Americans, about this country, um, about even possible ways for us to move forward. And a part of that is, you know, to, to sort of normalize um, other people's experiences, you know, and see that it's really not much different, um, or, you know, than, than most people. I want to go to the phone lines here. Um, Harry is calling from University City. I understand he's a former college history professor, and, and he has a book to share. So, Harry, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Yes, uh, not a, not history professor, but sociology. Ah, that's close enough. Uh, yeah, apologies for that, but yeah, sociology it needs its due. So we're we're glad to have your voice here in the conversation. Okay, uh, I'd like to recommend a book called "From Slavery to Freedom: A History of Negro Americans," and that is by John Hope Franklin. And I referred to this book quite often 
when I was teaching. Uh, but also, I'm not sure when that has been last updated, and perhaps your guests could shed a little light on that. But anyway, what I want to say about the book is it, it's not a book for entertainment purposes, so to speak, but mm-hmm. you you know, and you might not want to read the whole book at one time, but it's just very thorough going back to uh, the slave trade in Africa, and it's just very comprehensive. Hmm. So that history was, was really important for you to, to sort of get that comprehensive view there. To put in the current context, yes. Okay, well, Harry, thank you for that uh, recommendation. Um, Jeffrey, I'm wondering, is this a book you're familiar with? From slavery to freedom. Uh, absolutely, yeah. John uh, John Hope Franklin is definitely you know one of a, a stellar um, you know individuals that has uh, written extensively about this topic, and and it, it's true to kind of give that good foundation, um, you know, of uh, sort of what took place back then and see its relevance to now. I think that's definitely a good title. Well, that's great. That's a great recommendation. Again, that's from Harry. That's from Slavery to Freedom, the History of Negro Americans. Our phone lines are now open. If you want to give us a call with a recommendation of your own, or maybe you want to ask our guests for their recommendation for a particular um, area of this history um, or this topic, they certainly know their stuff. So you can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. And our guests today are Jeffrey Blair, the co-owner of I See Me African American Children's Bookstore in University City and Danielle King of Left Bank Books. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation with them. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. And now back to our conversation. We're talking to Jeffrey Blair, who's the co-owner of I See Me African American Children's Bookstore in University City, as well as Danielle King. She's a bookseller at Left Bank Books in the Central West End. She's also a Ph.D. student in political science at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. We have a lot of callers who are eager to join this conversation and, again, a lot of recommendations that came in through social media. Um, But, Danielle, I wanted to just go back to you. Um, You had recommended in particular a book that I keep hearing everyone raving about in the past year or so, and this is Between the World and Me. Uh, What makes this book such a standout to you? Uh, I think generally um, Coates is a very accessible writer for folks kind of coming at this from any angle, kind of coming at this from any time. I know that people who are very well-versed in this, um, in anti-racism work, can come to Coates and sort of see something new. Uh, But I think more than anything, he's a fantastic starting off point. Hmm. He's kind of a good like note to self. There are a lot of things I don't know. Uh, From Ta-Nehisi Coates, you can kind of jump to someone like Ibram Kendi's uh, Stamped from the Beginning, which is a really definitive history of a lot of the ideas that Coates is trying to embrace and trying to, he's talking about struggle and he's talking about pain but he's talking about it from a place that does need context. And so going from that volume to another, it's, it's a fantastic uh, launch point. So that's that sort of sounds like a really great one-two punch there. Uh, you can do Between the World and Me by Coates and then go on to, which was the book from Kendi that you were recommending? Uh, so this is stamped from the beginning. Uh, a book that's getting a lot of plays um, stamped. Uh, it's more of a sort of anti-racism. Uh, I think it's a YA title. I think um, maybe Jeffrey mentioned it earlier as well as a book that is selling very well right now. Um, but he, he wrote a very sort of lengthy <laughs> history of racism as an idea in American history, mm-hmm. uh, using historical avatars like W.E.B. Du Bois and Angela Davis. And again, 
I think of all of these things as starting points because this work is never done. So you can read a 500-page volume that spends an awful lot of time with Du Bois and Angela Davis, and then you can go and read Du Bois and Angela Davis. It's kind of a it's a it's a brilliant thing that I think a lot of authors, but in particular, I notice black authors um, like to inherit, like to hold on to the intellectual legacy that they're carrying on. So, mm-hmm. so that stamp yeah. from the beginning, Jeffrey, um, there's now a YA uh, version of this called Stamped. Is, is, is that correct? Yeah, correct. And, um, you know, it, again, it, because of, um, you know, uh, Dr. Kendi, um, the, you know, stamped in the beginning and really laying out uh, the conversation about race and racism in America in a way that really looks at racial ideas and just how they are really policies um, that, um, you know, he partnered with Jason Reynolds, and I'm seeing a lot more of this happening as well, to create a young adult version. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, we're seeing, even with the, with the protests that are happening now in this environment that we're in, where young people are standing up and saying, you know, um, you know we, we want to make a difference, right? And, um, and uh, so there, there's now materials there that can sort of assist that, sort of be that voice to that, as well as assist to put things into context. And so, um, um, because he partnered with Jason Reynolds, who is a you know well-renowned um, uh, young adult author. He has a number of, of titles that are out there that are just you know number one. Um, and so together they put together this book to in, in, a, in a youth uh, version, so that they could um, you know uh, readily be able to you know um, um, consume it, digest it, and then uh, be able to assist in sort of like looking at you know what steps are we should do next, you okay. know, with that framework. Well, that sounds like a great recommendation for younger readers. I do want to go back to the phone lines. Um, SJ is calling from St. Louis. Um, SJ, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Um, I was just calling. I've really been enjoying this conversation. And when I moved to St. Louis about six years ago, a book that has been so instrumental for me is um, St. Louis's Disappearing Black Communities. It's mm-hmm. um, John A. Wright Sr. And I think for me, just not having a history, I could kind of blissfully have this like historical amnesia as I walked around the city, not knowing like all the blood and the tears kind of in the soil. And so it's really helped me piece out, like when I go to Trader Joe's and go shopping, like there used to be a black community there and realizing like all the sacrifices that have been made before I just kind of moved here. Um, so love this book. Yeah, that, that sounds like a great recommendation. That's St. Louis's Disappearing Black Communities by John Wright. Is that is that correct? Uh, yep, John Wright Sr. Okay. And, you know, along the lines of, of what SJ just mentioned, we recently had a, a local author on um, with a wonderful memoir about growing up in one of these communities that was raised basically to make way for the highway and all this urban renewal that never happened. That's Vivian Gibson with The Last Children of Mill Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, Danielle, I know that's been a big uh, seller for you guys. Yes, yes. No, I mean, it's it's a fantastic book. Again, I think it's so wonderful that we live in this in this particular time where so many authors have a vested interest in making the experience of racism and the knowledge of anti-racism very accessible to a variety of people. It's a tiny little volume, but it's wonderful. Um, and we also can't keep it on the shelf. So by <laughs> all means, people should definitely check Same that out here. as well. Same here. Oh, that's also yeah, selling really care. well for you, Jeffrey? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's showing really well. And I think I think it's beautiful because um, 
you know, a lot of times we think about these in national terms on, on large terms, but really it's mm-hmm. where the rubber hits the, hits the road is local, the local impact of people mm-hmm. and community. And that's why it's so important for local authors to be promoted so we can hear their voices. Mm-hmm. And um, and mm-hmm. so they can say, this is, this is what I'm going through, this is what I went through, this is what's happening, you know, on the ground. And so, you know, that's one of our commitments is to make sure that we, um, you know, promote, you know, our local authors so their voices can be heard. Mm, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to go back to the phone lines. Uh, Michalina is calling from Quincy. Um, Michalina, hi. You're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Uh, what book is it that you have in mind? Um, well, actually, I was um, calling about an author who has a series, um, Jasmine Gilroy, and it is um, contemporary fiction. And when you guys were talking about whether to read nonfiction or fiction, uh, what sprang to mind was her series, uh, which begins with the wedding date, and she has a new book coming out this month, really puts you in that first-person perspective of what it's like to be black and navigating different relationships and uh, even the business world. Hmm. So I thought that's a fantastic way to really get immersed into someone else's life. Danielle, I know you've said you're a big reader of fiction. Are you familiar with this author? Uh, I think this is a first for me, but I am always a supporter of series because there's no such thing as too much. I want I want there to be more of whatever I'm reading, especially when it's wonderful. So my immediate thought when you mentioned this was the Broken Earth trilogy by N.K. Jemisin, which is a sci-fi um, series that's won all the awards, but it is also just this tremendous world building that even though you're immersed in a world that's not Earth as you're familiar with it, you are just constantly upended all of the racial presumptions we carry into fiction because we don't sit down and read fiction in a vacuum. We sit down and read it in the history of our lives. All of those presumptions get upended pretty constantly. It's a beautiful, beautiful series. So I'm going to definitely check out this one that you recommended as well. That's great. Well, thank you for that recommendation, Michalina and Danielle. Thank you also for that one. Two series here. If people want to read more than just one book, I know that feeling that Danielle (laughs) describes. You just don't want it to end. So you can keep going with these. Let's go back to the phone lines. Miller is calling from O'Fallon, Illinois. Uh, Miller, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hey, yes, I've got a couple of recommendations. Uh, As it relates to African-American history, uh, a book called Africa, Africans in the Making of the Atlantic World by John Thornton. Uh, It provides a nuanced view of African life before the transatlantic slave trade, but it also helps us to remind us that when enslaved people came to America, they did not start off as, as a blank slate, but they came with their own culture and their own ideas, which transplanted into a broader American culture. Uh, For for children, uh, my cousin Carol Weatherford Boston, uh, she writes uh, a number of African-American children's books. She did one on uh, Harriet Tubman called Moses, uh, and she actually has one on uh, Juneteenth, which is uh, hard to find right now because Juneteenth is coming up. Uh, But both uh, suggestions are really good for African-American adults and children. And sorry, that's your cousin? Yes. That's great. That's great. What's her name again? Carol Weatherford Boston. Okay, well that's sorry, a Carol Boston Weatherford. Excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Carol Boston Weatherford. Well, that's a that's a great recommendation there. Thank you for that, Miller. Um, sure, Jeffrey, with your expertise in uh, children's literature, is this an author you're familiar with? Yes, actually, yeah, and I think it's so true. You know, a lot of times when people speak about African American history, they want to start with slavery. But I think it's real important that we understand it doesn't start there, right? There was history before that, and so to get an understanding of what happened before 
um, you know, um, the transatlantic slave trade, and, and that's kind of how we started to open up the bookstore. That those type of questions and conversations having with my children, we would talk about one one historical point in history, and they they would ask, "Well, where were we during this time?" Mm-hmm. Which caused us to go and look for titles such as these to kind of get an understanding, not just of the slave trade, but before then. So things such as Mansa Musa, such as the kingdoms of Mali, such as uh, you know the Gold Coast, and just a lot of different stories and books about that was sort of started us with this. Um, you know, with with our with our with our um, you know our quest of you know creating the ice bookstore. So I think it's real important that as we you know again look at this specific uh, topic on hand, that we also be willing to expand our understanding and perspective about African American history and culture and African American contributions to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we have heard from a number of people also on social media. Some of the books that have been mentioned a number of times today include The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson. Um, Christina writes, I grew up in the Northeast with the naive perspective of being on the, quote, right side of history that absolved us of racial wrongdoing. This book schooled me hard. Uh, she gives that a rave. Uh, Madeline recommends The Shame of the Nation, The Restoration of Apartheid Schooling in America by Jonathan Kozel. Uh, Bob writes on Twitter, The Color of Law by Richard Roth. Not so much changed my views on systemic racism as to provide a wealth of data reinforcing and confirming it. We also had a number of authors talking about, or a number of listeners talking about white fragility, why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism. Um, and unfortunately, we're out of time to take any more callers. But Jeffrey, I did want to um, get up to speed with a couple things going on with I See Me. This is a Black-owned bookstore that is just such a great resource to our community. I know you launched a GoFundMe in April, and it sounded like... Like, um, there were some real financial problems there. I'm sure the coronavirus uh, was a huge part of that. How are you guys doing now? Yeah, so that, you know, that came about when we had to sort of close up. Well, um, you know, as, as a children's bookstore, we partner really good with the, really closely with the schools. Mm-hmm. And we had a whole calendar full of book fairs and events taking place that overnight just went away. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, so they, they went our revenue. And, and so we're like, what are we going to do? And so... Um, you know, we, we started the GoFundMe page, and um, and to our to our surprise, the community came and really supported. And so we reached our goal like within a week, and we were so amazed at that. And it wasn't just the financial support, but also the fact that we would get emails and comments saying we have to make sure that we, you know, we help you and support you during this time because you're a valued resource to our community. Mm-hmm. And that was just amazing to us. It felt like the community gave us a big hug, and we really, really appreciate that. And it really just motivated us to continue to think of other ways that we could support our customers. And so, you know, we really pushed our online and, um, and as well as our curbside. We started to do um, um, online story time so that even though children were home, they could still get exposed to, to the books. Um, we started to do book subscription services so we could give, you know, send out books to to um, our customers every month, um, just different things that had, had us start to think, you know, differently about how we could still reach our goal and our mission, um, even though we're in, um, you know, different times. And mm-hmm. um, it was GoFundMe was really successful to help spur that. Well, I'm so glad to hear that, and I understand you actually have now a little bit of a celebration coming up. Absolutely. So, you know, Juneteenth is coming up, as I heard one of the callers mention, and um, so that's coming up this Friday, and it actually also is our anniversary. We opened up our doors at ICME 
on June 19th in 2015. So this is our five-year anniversary. So our, our store is closed. We're still doing the delivery, um, not delivery, but you know, um, online and shipping and curbside delivery and curbside pickup. Um, but on on this Friday, we, we are going to open up that day for a limited amount of people to come inside. But we're going to have like a rally outside um, in support of, of the, the, the protest and and um, that that's going on um, and, um, and and pursuit for you know um, social justice and um, what's happening out in the world today. Um, and so we want to it's for the families, it's for children. Um, remember the 400, which is a nonprofit that wants to uh, make sure that um, you know they, they promote and advocate for understanding the history of African Americans over the past 400 years in, in, in America. We'll be um, doing a program there. Um, so um, it'll be this um, Friday, uh, 6.30, um, at the parking lot of ICME Bookstore. That's great. And the community is welcome to attend? Uh, uh, more than welcome. We have parents, children, family-friendly, and we just wanted to make sure that, you know, we just show our support um, for uh, George Floyd and his family, um, and as well as making sure that this conversation about race and racism continues and, um, and, uh, and doesn't go away. Okay, well, that is this Friday, and if you're listening to this, then you are more than welcome to join I See Me in its fifth-year anniversary. Well, Jeffrey Blair of I See Me, um, congratulations on making it to five years, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And Danielle King of Left Bank Books, I want to thank you so much for being here. Um, one last question for you. I know Left Bank has been doing a great job doing curbside. Uh, that continues for now. No reopening date on the horizon. That does continue for the present. Um, do keep an eye on us. We are very active on social media. We do all kinds of virtual events. Please check out our website and check out our Facebook page for more information on that. But yes, so far, please call in or perform a web order <laughs> for the yeah, time being. There are lots of options other than Amazon, and you're hearing about two of them today. So we hope people will take advantage. And uh, Danielle King, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's a total pleasure. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.